Hello and welcome to the Automotive News Europe podcast for April 22nd, 2021. I'm Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor of A&E. Thanks so much for joining us today. Inobat Auto, a Slovakia-based cell-making startup that was formed in 2019, is looking to capitalize on a predicted six-fold increase in electric vehicle production in Europe in the next five years. The company anticipates that the installed demand for battery plants in Europe will be 550 to 600 gigawatt hours by 2030, leaving a shortfall in installed capacity of up to 150 gigawatt hours by that time. With so much of a gap to close, Innobat Head of Business Development Jonathan Carrier says there is plenty of space for current and new players to establish themselves in Europe. He says the company is currently testing its own battery cells, and by 2024, it aims to start producing at its Slovakia Gigafactory, which is close to plants owned by Jaguar Land Rover, Kia, Stellantis, and Volkswagen, as well as within a 500-kilometer radius of facilities that make 2 million vehicles a year. To appeal to those potential customers and stand apart from rivals, Carrier says the startup will showcase its ability to quickly bring new battery technologies to market. He says Innobat can do so while still delivering quality, reliability, and affordability. Hi, Jonathan. Thanks so much for being here today for the Automotive News Europe podcast. Hi, Doug. It's a pleasure to join you today. I'd like to get started by having you outline where you are in the process now and what you expect this year and beyond for the company. Innovat started a couple of years ago um, within the IPM group, which was set up by Marian Bocek, who's our CEO. And that was really an understanding that Central Europe has become the manufacturing powerhouse of, U- of the European automotive industry and Slovakia in particular. Um, Slovakia has produces more cars per capita than anywhere else in the world. You know, it's home to the second major factory for the VW group. Uh, Jaguar Land Rover have a plant there, PSA, uh, as well as Kia. And those cars will eventually go electric and they will need batteries and batteries that are sourced locally. So the ambition was really to start to build this capability for um, battery production in Central Europe that could supply the significant shift of manufacturing of automobiles that's uh, occurred in the kind of last 10, 15, 20 years. And really where we focus in on is trying to deliver and accelerate new battery technologies to market. Uh, And by that, what I mean is not only do we speed up the process for uh, identifying those technologies and moving them out of the lab and into the factory, and, but doing so in a way that does it reliably at quality and at cost and can be made at scale. So really our position is to say, we are an integrated player. We want to be an integrated player that turns the innovation into production. We want to be an integrated player that supports the supply chain um, upstream and the establishment of the value chain in terms of raw materials. And then also downstream in terms of recycling. And that integration is critical in terms of what we will bring, in addition with the intelligence of how we develop the batteries and bring them to market. Okay, now some estimates 
say Europe's share of the global battery production market will rise to 31% by 2030 from just 7% last year. How much of a share does Innobat want to have in the next 10 years? Our estimates suggest that that market, as you've identified, will grow 17-fold in the 10 years. So that's a 31% compound annual growth rate to get to that similar 31% share of the global battery industry. That's also driven by a massive push in this wave of electric vehicles that are coming to market from all of the major OEMs. And as a consequence, we anticipate that the installed demand, not the capacity, but the demand, will exceed 550 to 600 gigawatt hours by 2030. And 2030 is that real inflection point because you have the UK that obviously is banning sale of combustion engine cars and many of the other markets following suit at that point. Our view is that there will still be a shortfall in terms of the installed capacity to meet that demand of around 100 to 150 gigawatt hours. So you have this huge demand And you have a number of players coming to market to meet that demand, but there still will be insufficient despite all of the best efforts of the European Union in order to meet that demand because the pace of change is taking place quicker than we anticipated. Um, What we want to do is in about is really try to flip the market in from a supply based approach where cells are developed and then the customer. So the car manufacturers have to take those cells into a customer demand driven approach. So what we mean by that is we want to work in partnership with car manufacturers of all different types. And it's not only exclusively automobiles, but commercial vehicles, off-highway, aviation as well. All of the sectors have to go electric, but work with them in partnership. How do we engineer the best cell and how do we customise that cell in order to meet their needs? So flipping the model from this um, supply-driven approach that the market has today into a customer demand driven approach. And for that reason, it's very difficult to say to you, how much of the market are we gonna, you know, take? Because ultimately the value is through those partnerships and creating cells that are tailored to our customized, to our our customers' needs. And that's really where we create the value. And market share therefore becomes less relevant because if you can build partnerships, you build long-term value and you also build then the ability to, to grow the market and grow with your customers at the same time. Your rivals in Europe include startups such as Northvolt in Sweden, British Volt in France's automotive cells, as well as Tesla in Volkswagen Group, and not to mention established rivals such as KATL and LG Chem. How will Innobat stand out in such a competitive market? You're right, there's a transcontinental race for capacity into Europe. There's 60 billion euros that's been invested in just 2019 into Europe in battery cells. And, you know, a triple of that is being spent in China. So we, we anticipate that there is more than enough opportunity to go around for every player. But like we've said, there is not, or we've, we've discussed, there isn't one rule that fits all and that says that every battery manufacturer will be the same. Some will be very much focused around a standardized product that's built at absolute super scale. There are others that will be uh, positioned more to deliver a slightly smaller scale, but more customized and uh, approach to the customers. We probably fall more into the latter group than the former. Um, But this is also what happens in mature markets, you know, uh, markets as they mature. 
is this ability to understand how, you know, it starts in one place and then as the market grows, there are different needs and those different needs have to be met. And as a consequence, we see this need for um, customization of cells that truly meet the needs of the customer. How confident are you that the automakers based near your plant, Stellantis, Kia, Jaguar Land Rover, will become customers. Is proximity something that is important in this sector? Yeah, proximity really, really matters. That's part of the challenge within the industry itself is the very long supply chains that exist. And if you were to map out what happens to the sourcing of the raw materials, the processing of them, the turning those into active materials that then get used in the cell manufacturing and then distribution, obviously, to the final end product, Clearly, there needs to be a significant reduction and compression of that um, supply chain. It's critical because of the amount of energy that's used, also from a cost perspective, so that the battery cost can be reduced. And therefore, Inabat is very much focused and works with all customers in order to evaluate how it can do that. So proximity is key, and therefore those manufacturers you've mentioned on our doorstep clearly are a highly valuable and potential partners for the future. But I wouldn't say they're the only players, because if you think about how uh, and where we are based, that central European location gives us a significant advantage in terms of reaching a number of vehicles. So our estimate is there's around two to two million vehicles made within a 500 kilometre radius of where we're based. So this this proximity is key to reach. And again, we're not only talking about cars. We're talking about buses, we're talking about a whole range of different vehicles, aviation and so forth. So we are very well placed geographically to support Central Europe, but also Germany, France, Austria, Italy and beyond. And we see the opportunity to work with a range of different customers in order to support the shift towards electrification. Our conversation with Jonathan Carrier will continue after this message. Hyundai Motor is one of the leading providers of electrified mobility solutions in Europe. With hybrid, mild hybrid, plug-in hybrid, battery electric, and hydrogen fuel cell vehicles, Hyundai offers the most diverse lineup of alternative powertrains on the market. Under the vision of progress for humanity, the company aims to make high-quality, environmentally conscious mobility solutions available to all. Today, more than 75% of Hyundai's lineup in Europe is available as an electrified version. As a pioneer in zero-emission mobility, Hyundai offers a range of leading emission-free vehicles. It ranges from the full-electric subcompact SUV Kona Electric to the second-generation fuel cell electric vehicle Nexo. The company's progressive spirit is most strongly embodied in Ionic 5, its latest all-electric vehicle and the first model to be launched under the Ionic lineup brand. With outstanding range, ultra-fast charging technology, and unique interior, which functions as a smart living space, Ionic 5 is redefining electromobility lifestyles. With its fleet of fuel cell trucks, Hyundai is also ahead in zero-emission heavy-duty mobility solutions. By 2025, over 1,600 Exient fuel cell trucks will run on Swiss roads. 
To learn more about how Hyundai is shaping the future, tune into Are We There Yet?, an automotive podcast hosted by Susie Perry. Get a peek behind the curtain as Susie investigates the world-changing ideas coming out of the workshops, labs, and secret test tracks of Hyundai. Tune in on any podcast listening platform as well as Hyundai.news. One of the biggest challenges for a company like yours and any other startup is balancing that debt and all of that investment you have to make with eventually making a profit. Have you folks already sort of set your timeline on when you would like to be profitable, perhaps within the next five years, or do you think it might take a little bit longer? We've conducted a, an extensive financial modeling and simulation around the opportunities in the market. And clearly, we understand how we can make ourselves profitably. Um, clearly, there's other macro environmental um, conditions that will dictate the state of the market. Um, and it depends whether you end up being a price maker or a price taker. And that's the same in the auto, wider automotive market and also for supply. I think here, uh, what's key is our strategy to differentiate around the customization and the development of intelligent cells gives us some ability and premium to differentiate also our pricing and how we are then drive profitability within ourselves. And clearly, we'll only enter into those commercial agreements where there's value that can be created for both sides. You have headwind, clearly. There will always be volatility in material pricing. There will, uh, you know, so we have to be able to control what we can control, and that is our cost, our labor, uh, taking advantage of Slovakia as a lower cost base, but then also how we use our strategy and our differentiation to drive margin and also profitability in our overall uh, sell pricing and activities. Okay, so, but no particular timeline set right now by saying we'd like to be there by 2030 or 2025 or what have you? It's not a figure that I think any of us want to commit to at this stage because there are so many variables and so many unknowns, as I've already outlined, both in terms of the external market and also when we can get financing and how that financing will help us scale as a business, how big ultimately our factory will be, what our uptakes are. So, you know, at this stage, it's very difficult to give a precise answer. But what I can tell you is that we're firmly committed to being profitable and providing highly competitive sales to the market that meet the needs of our customers. And that really is at the heart of what we try to do. There's still quite a bit of competition going on when it comes to the technology that is actually going to power all of these vehicles going forward. Do you have to take a position now in order to move forward, or are you trying to stay open? What is your technology plan when it comes to the solid state, lithium ion, and what have you? Solid state batteries are still lithium ion batteries. You know, they just have a, a solid state electrolyte instead of a liquid uh, electrolyte. So, um, you know, it's it's a challenge technically, obviously, to make those work. And there's a number of players that have been at this for many, many years um, and have also conducted a huge amount of research into the development of um, solid state. The question is when and the question is at what stage is it feasible, but also economically viable? And I'm not quite sure from our understanding and our own research that that is something that's immediately around the corner. Um, we have a core strategic partner in Wildcat Discovery Technologies. They're a San Diego-based company um, that have been in the battery uh, chemistry and development space since, uh, I think, 2006. 
So they've been going 14, 15 years. Um, that's a very long time in the battery space. They've worked with a huge range of customers uh, across the automotive space. It's well documented that uh, uh, BMW worked with them, a number of other players, in fact. Peter Lamp, their head of R&D developments, just joined the board of Wildcat Discovery Technologies. And Wildcat have studied and looked at virtually every different type of uh, cell chemistry development, innovation and opportunity. They are our core strategic partner. We already have a wonderful platform of knowledge and IP that we can leverage through our core strategic partnership with Wildcat Discovery Technologies. So Inabat is extremely well placed in the future through the work activities and the research that Wildcat does in parallel with our own technology roadmap and cell development, which is clearly focused on more near term and what we can put into scale production and how we can translate that into production. And the final thing I'd say is the beauty of our high throughput process is the ability to develop technologies and use that process for manufacturability. So it's not just about introducing novel chemistries and identifying how to put them into production, but it's also about how we can take the manufacturability of that, uh, that chemistry and understand how it can be repeatedly developed and implemented for scale production. So between uh, our own activities, our R&D centre and the integration of the pilot line, we believe Innovat is very well placed to support the development of those new technologies of which solid state is just one. You know, we could talk about uh, lithium, uh, we could talk about lithium metal, we could talk about uh, high silicon anodes, we could talk about, you know, lithium sulfur and other things that are coming along. You know, we've evaluating and continue to evaluate the roadmap of those technologies and do so with one of the best, uh, you know, uh, companies in the world when it comes to battery chemistry development technologies. And you mentioned Wildcat has all this experience in looking at what's the best technology. Right now, is it still lithium-ion? That's the number one going forward? I think with lithium-ion, there's still opportunity to sweat the asset, you know, as uh, as is a commonly used phrase in the automotive industry. But I think for the next five years, uh, and plus even out to 2030, lithium as uh, uh, ion batteries, as we know them, with a NMC type, so nickel, uh, manganese, cobalt, or without cobalt, so a nickel, uh, high nickel variant chemistry will continue to be the bedrock and the mainstay of the battery industry going forward. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us today for the Automotive News Europe podcast. Thank you, Doug. It's been a real pleasure. We reached Jonathan Carrier at his office in London. If you have an idea for a future podcast or would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me at dbolduck at autonews.com. For breaking news, please visit europe.autonews.com. You can listen to this podcast and a range of others from the Automotive News Group on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play, or on our website at europe.autonews.com. That wraps up this episode of the Automotive News Europe podcast for April 22nd, 2021. I'm Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at A&E. Thanks so much for stopping by. We hope you tune in again soon.